0: Good morning. I'm Anna Marie, and it's time again for Focus. This is a closer look at people, places, and things right here in our own backyard. And this time we have a kind of a celebrity guest. It's Captain Daryl King from the Nashville Fire Department. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So I think firefighters in the public's eye are kind of sexy and glamorous. Is that the kind of life that you lead, Captain King?
1: Well, not really. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, one of the... Uh, kind of the requirements of this job for the most part is, is trying or at least giving in an attempt to stay in shape and uh you know there's a lot of firemen out there that are in shape because it's one
0: of the prerequisites to the job because uh why do you have to be in such good shape to be a firefighter well
1: you never know when you're going to have to go inside of a house and it would be six to have it anywhere from 600 to 1100 degrees mm-hmm. and pull someone out you know whether it be an adult uh, a geriatric a child you just have to you have to be you have to be on standby. You have to be ready. You have to be physically able to do the job. And then when you're pulling a, a charged hose line inside of a house, it's very heavy. Uh, it's physically taxing. You Just have to think of to pulling a
0: regular water hose, a regular heavy water hose around your yard. And there, what did you call it, a charged? A charged inch and three-quarter line. Mm-hmm. Which, which is what? One of those big giant hoses. Yeah,
1: it's it's and three quarters diameter round. Yeah, And when it's full of water, it's very heavy. And you're scooting it across. It's not like you're scooting it across ice. You're scooting it up stairwells and across carpet and down hallways and through doors. And you have to have someone feeding you that line when you're actually fighting the fire, which is, again, the person feeding the line, it could be just as taxing as the person that actually is on the end of that line with the nozzle spraying
0: the water on the fire. Right. So you got to be in shape. You've got to be in shape. Have you ever had somebody that you just you couldn't get out and you had to like kind of double team it? What do you guys do if even just you're because you're very, very strong and you compete in. Uh, I do.
1: I compete in men's physique. I sure do.
0: Men's physique. What is that?
1: It's um, you wear shorts. They're the shorts that go from your knees to your waist. They're kind of like swim trunks.
0: Yeah. And you compete in that what nationally
1: uh well in 2015 i've competed nationally for about four years but in 2015 i got my pro card so now i compete on a pro level and i go usually go to the biggest show uh, in the states it's the pittsburgh pro Every year, it's always at the end of August, which means the entire summer, while everyone's eating uh, barbecue on the 4th of July, I'm eating chicken and tilapia. So there you go. It's a, <laughs> it, it's a real challenge. And uh, for eight weeks, you have to, for me, eight weeks, I have to stay very strict with my diet, stay on it. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, they always say that, uh, you know, the difference between first place and third place is a Krispy Kreme. So uh <laughs> and that that's my true weakness is crispy cream donuts i love those things especially when you go by there and yeah. they're have they have to use the stick to take them off the conveyor mm. because if you touch them with their hand they'll just fold over in your hand that's uh it's my true fix right and people
0: there. i know people listening because i know mine is my mouth's watering right now do you find that it's a lot of firefighters in the competition
1: um, there's a few there's a few in the past that have done it but for the most part firemen don't fool with it it's Competing is something that's very – got to have a whole lot of mental strength to do it mm-hmm. because you really you – you have to stay on your diet, which is the toughest part. The working out part, the strength training, I absolutely love that. I've been doing it for 38 years. Uh, it's just second nature to me. Mm-hmm. I call it my Xanax. That's, that's my getaway. Uh, the cardio, not so much, but it's one of the prerequisites to be ready for it. You have to get all the body fat off. Takes me about eight weeks. A lot of competitors. My stage weight's around 196, and I get up to around 210. Most competitors will get up to 220 and 230, and they have to do a 12-week program to get all the weight and the body fat off. I kind of stay conditioned for the most part year-round. I get a little, I get a little crazy at Christmas, but who doesn't? Yeah. Between Christmas and the New Year's, I pretty much let go for a couple of weeks and eat whatever I want whenever I want.
0: Yeah, but then you get back in shape because you because. It's important to you to be able to be strong enough to save lives. It is. It really is. Bottom line. That's it. That's the bottom line. What is a day like in the life of a firefighter? We
1: work 24 hours and we're off 48 hours. So basically every third day you work. You know, we get up, uh, our fire hall shift starts at 6 a.m. In other words, tomorrow, as a great example, I've got to be at work at 6 a.m. Well, I get off Friday morning at 6 a.m. It's a full 24-hour shift and you actually spend more time with these guys at the fire hall than you do your family. If you think about that, if you had a regular 9 to 5 job, you get home from work, you get to see the kids a couple hours, 3 hours before they go to bed, and you get to see the wife 3 or 4 hours before you go to bed. Mm-hmm. And then the next day it's the same thing. Well, I'm I'm at this fire hall for 24 hours straight with
0: these guys. Are you like a tight knit bond? Are you like do you have you seen 911? I have. Are you like that? Does somebody cook?
1: Yes. You always got someone that cooks. You know, there's always, uh, it's always been a thing when I first came on, a a fireman has got to be able to do one of three things. He's got to be able to fight fire, he's got to be able to cook, or he's got to be funny, one or the other. (laughs) That's kind of the way it is. But we, usually all fire halls have uh, really good cooks.
0: Uh, are they designated cooks, or people that are hired, or are they just somebody who? No, cooks?
1: it's just one of the firemen that cook. Okay. Us- usually, most fire halls just have one guy that does most of the cooking. Mm-hmm. But every now and then, someone will jump in and throw their little recipe in. Like me, I, I can't cook at all. I boil a good water. That's about it. <laughs> but I do make a good, really healthy chicken soup, and I make that every now and then for the guys.
0: Yeah. Okay. And so you're there at six o'clock in the morning.
1: Six o'clock in the morning, but we usually get there at five thirty a.m. We do that out of respect for the guy that we're relieving. In case they get a call from five thirty to six, they're not stuck out till six thirty, seven, seven thirty-eight. Um, we relieve them, put away the guy that I'm relieving. I put away his gear, his bunker pants, fire pants, fire coat, helmet, and SCBA mask, and load my stuff on. And, so they
0: uh, load your stuff onto what the truck,
1: the fire engine, or the fire truck, engine. or the rescue. And then uh, usually I go inside and complete my morning reports and uh, turning my manpower for the next shift so a fire assistant knows what guy is off the next shift. And keep in mind during this 24 hours while we're doing all this, we're making runs. You you may not make a run till 12 noon. You may not make a run till 3 in the evening, but you may make seven runs during that time. Yeah. You just don't know, you know, what's going to happen or where you're going to be.
0: Are there certain types of runs that happen during certain times of day? Like is it people frying, cooking breakfast and it happens in the morning a lot or is it a home fires overnight or is it certain times of day where there are certain types of runs well, usually? Well,
1: seasonally, the majority of fires are in the winter. People turn on their space heaters and they come home late, take their shirt off, throw their jacket on it, forget about it, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. But in uh, MBAs, which is a motor vehicle accident, that's what we call them, car wrecks. That's usually in the morning early when people are transporting to work and there's traffic jams. And where I live in the Gullisville area, I-65 is backed up. And in the evenings, it's backed up as well. Mornings and evenings is usually when we have most of our car wrecks. And the fires are any time. The heart attacks, diabetic issues, uh, chest pains things of that nature, that's mm-hmm. 24-7. That's anytime. That's 2 in the morning or 2 in the evening.
0: If you're just joining us, I'm Anna Marie, and this is Focus. Our guest is Daryl King, Captain Daryl King with the Nashville Fire Department. You just brought up another topic. You go on all kinds of calls, not just fires. Why do you go on other calls?
1: Well, we're all EMTs, emergency medical technicians, and what we are referred to as first responders. There's 39 engine companies in the city. Every engine is a first responder engine. And um, let's just say, for an example, Mrs. Jones down the street has a heart attack. We're going to be closer than an ambulance is because it's our territory. We get there. We're all trained to do CPR and use our AEDs and try to shock these people and bring them back to life. We do work basically until the ambulance gets there, and then we help the ambulance load the patient on and get them sent to the hospital. So um, I would say probably 80 to 85% of our calls nowadays are medical related. Wow. 10 to 15% are actual fires or fire alarms or working fires, I should say.
0: I had always been curious about why I would see a, a fire truck. At the scene and in the ambulance. So I didn't realize that's what was going on that's is that it. you guys are first responders. Yeah.
1: We usually arrive first, depending on the territory and depending on if the ambulance is already in that area. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's rare, but occasionally an ambulance will get there first mm-hmm. uh, because they're already coming off a call and in that area. But usually the, the engine arrives first mm-hmm. and uh, or the rescue and they take, rescue makes medical runs as well. And they even the truck will make rescues if the engine and the rescue are out on a current medic run. If they're already out on a medic run and there's nobody in the territory, they'll send a truck company out to make a medic run. What's the difference in all of those? Well, the engine carries the water. The engine fights the fire. And those are the guys that actually physically kick the door in, go inside, find the fire, whichever room is it is in, and put it out. Uh, the rescues they are kind of versatile they fight fire they have all the tools for car wrecks if you ever heard of the jaws of life oh yes they can pop doors open they can peel back roofs to gain access to someone that's been in a bad car wreck to get them out and they also fight fire Uh, whenever i'm riding the district chief's car i always have the rescue do a search and rescue because they're really good at that they do a primary search they go inside every room knock the mattresses over because you can't see anything in a fire I mean, it's absolutely pitch black. It's like walking in a cave. If it's a really good fire. You may be able to see a little bit of the fire, or if you see a window, you may see a little bit of light. But on a good working house fire, the smoke is so black and so thick that you can't see anything. So what the rescue guys will do, or an engine company, the, every room that they go in, they usually turn the mattress over. That way, if another company comes in there looking for that, they'll say, oh, the mattress is turned over. This room's already been searched.
0: Whoa. So
1: they'll go to another room and check it out.
0: Because seconds could be the difference in life and death.
1: Exactly. Seconds are the difference between life and death in a fire. It really is.
0: So those TV shows that we see and they go like, I see him over here. It's like, that's really probably not happening.
1: <laughs> it, well, you know, those uh, Chicago Fire and the 9 one and things of that nature, it, it's not reality. You know, when they show up on the scene, I watched the first episode of Chicago Fire. Yeah. They put up on a guy that was hanging off a bridge in some sort, and in two minutes, they were rappelling down to get the guy. That's not the way it works. It involves setup. It involves planning. It involves expediting. There's span of control there. You have to really know what you're doing, and your guys have to really be trained to do it. Yeah. And then some of the aspects of it are real. You'll never see anyone going in fire without a mask, an actual working fire. They wouldn't last two seconds. You breathe in those superheated gases, and bada but bada-boom, it's over with. That's just, that's totally Totally untrue.
0: So, oh, and we've seen that a million times. Absolutely. People running in to be the hero and rescuing <clears throat> some and coming out with a child with the thunderous music playing. Exactly. It doesn't happen that Exactly. Way. It's just not the way it works. If we come across a fire, we see some, a house burning, and there's nobody there, first call 911. Exactly. Do we try and go rescue people?
1: No. You keep your tail outside. Don't even think about it. Don't even think about going in there. It's a... Uh, uh, the the smoke itself is extremely hazardous, uh, and I'm not even talking about the heat. I'm talking about the smoke. If it's one that's actually rolling, you wouldn't make it two seconds in there. And I always use this as an example. Oh, a, a good working house fire can be up to 1,100 degrees. If you turn your oven on 500 and let it get nice and hot for about 20 minutes, stick your hand in there and pull it right back out. It's over double that amount of heat in a house fire. Wow, it's incredibly hot. And the telltale sign for a fireman uh, are your ears. Your ears are the least protected. And a lot of Nashville firemen, they'll have blistered ears because firemen are, uh, it kind of, it's kind of hard to explain. It kind of gets in you and you don't want it to beat you. But sometimes you've got to uh, use logic. And uh, check your testosterone level, and it may be time to back out and go f- to an, uh, a defensive operation. An offensive attack is when you go inside. Right. If it's so incredibly hot and you have to back out, that's called a defensive attack. That's when you spray from the outside in, and you won't find that much here in Nashville because we're we're very prideful of our job.
0: What do you mean? So most people will go in? Just
1: about all people will go in. Especially if, if there's someone inside, yeah. you've got to go in. You've got to. I don't care how hot it is. Even if you have to spray water inside the window or the door to cool it down a little bit, you you really need to go in and see if you can get them out.
0: Mm -hmm. Have you ever saved pets?
1: I have. I have. I've I've pulled, uh, gosh, I think three cats and a dog out before. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the cats made it and the dog made it. The other two cats didn't make it. Yeah.
0: We're talking with firefighter Captain Daryl King uh, about the day in the life of a firefighter. So you could go on a medical call, you could go on a house fire call, and then you go back to the station and you continue your day. And usually
1: between 7 and 10 a.m., we do some type of working out, whether it's cardio or strength training. Most gyms have, most fire halls have small gyms there. Oh. And a treadmill or an elliptical or this and that. So uh, they aid us in helping us keep in shape. Um, I
0: would think if I had just gone and rescued somebody from a house fire, I think I'd be like done my cardio for the day oh
1: absolutely i've done that before I'm i will work a good house fire i'm done i'm not i'm not getting on that treadmill i'm absolutely done <laughs> i'm gonna find that lazy boy for a few minutes because you are i mean you're plum worn out you really are your tail is whipped
0: yeah true. it really Plus is because of the heat
1: you expend a tremendous amount of energy in a working house fire in a very short period of time it's amazing just the the calorie expenditure itself I mean, the calories you're burning inside of a house fire is really Mm -hmm. incredible, especially if you've got one and you're working. And even after it's out, you have a whole lot to do. You've got to pull ceiling. You've got to find hot spots. You've got to roll up the hose. You've got so many things
0: to do after the fire is out. A good working house fire is usually two to three hours. And what about the gear that a firefighter is wearing? Daryl is one of the firefighters who is part of the Firefighters Fashion Show each year at the Southern Women's Show. And so one of the rounds they make on the runway is they go out there in their firefighter. Bunker pants
1: and fire coat.
0: Bunker pants and fire coat. Then the coat comes off. And so they throw the coat back behind them. And the women go crazy, and they're raising money for nonprofits, and we'll tell you more about that in just a few. But I've just picked up the coat. The coat itself is very heavy. The helmet is very heavy. So, what about all the gear that you have to be wearing when you're before you can go into that house to fight that fire in 1,100 degree heat? It's about 70 pounds on your back. 70 pounds. Right. That that's a lot of weight. What it all really do you have? Well, I mean, why is it so heavy? What's going well,
1: on? Well, it's it's a protective gear. It has to be heavy. It has to be thick because of the heat because of the temperature of the heat and in addition to that you have a, an air pack on and then you've got your helmet and your what's mask what's an air pack oxygen that's oxygen that you hook in right here through your mask very thick pants heavy heavy duty boots i mean you could walk on nails they're just they're they're really heavy heavy duty durable boots yeah it's a lot of weight. Yeah, I mean, just really to start is. with, to just, to, just to start with.
0: With the clothing being so heavy, can you feel the heat still through it? Well, you can't
1: really feel it on your um, your pants, on your legs or your feet or your body. But the the thing that really gets hot um, on a good hot one when you've really got one are your gloves. Uh, your your hands can get a little bit warm, but mainly your ears. We have this thing called a Nomex hood and you put it on and it's got a place right here where your mask is but you tuck it down inside of your coat Uh. and that's the least protected area that's a uh, that's a fireman's telltale temperature gauge if his ear starts burning really really bad it may be time to are we going to be able to put this out or are we going to start crawfishing we're going to get out of here one or the other it's kind of hit or miss on that you just depending on the situation that's another thing about being a fireman no incident's ever the same even if it's a heart attack it's at a different house they're on a different floor. They're in a different bed. You know, I've walked in several house fires myself because, like I said, it, it's black. It's like being in a cave. Uh, I've probably busted my shin dozens of times on the coffee table. Mm. Or you walk into walls. You kind of – it's a maze. You, you can't see anything. But you, you, you're able to sense the heat. The longer you're on, the better you are at sensing where the heat is. So you just follow the heat vic it's back here i feel it let's go so we'll bring the hose back there pull it to the back bust the door open or the door may already be open and bada bada boom there it is mm-hmm.
0: so you've just gone out in your 70 pound uniform you fought a fire in your back and then how's well, your day still going you've done your well, exercise for the day After we do right
1: after we do our exercise and uh uh we'll either relax a while or a lot of times we'll do our in-service training or there's cleaning to be done around the fire hall we uh mop sweep clean clean off the counters uh uh, usually one day a week our halls will spray out the bay they take water and clean the bay out that's where that's the big i say garage where they keep all the equipment in Mm -hmm. just to make sure the floors are clean and sometime during that day we'll go to the store and get whatever we're having for dinner and uh, if it needs prepping we'll prep it when we get back yeah keep in mind this is this is between making runs yeah bedtime varies however my time's around 10 p.m. And you hope that you sleep all night, which is very unlikely. Yeah. During your day, you will make on an average of oh, eight to twenty-four runs, depending on your fire hall and the territory it's in.
0: Oh, um, are are some busier because it's what more population, or because of a certain population, or because of a certain uh, area? Both,
1: both. Rest, more restaurants. Population in certain population. That's exactly right. That's the you, you are nailing it, lady. That is it. <laughs> um, and an example would be the part of town that you live in. They're one of the busiest halls in Nashville. That's Engine 32 out in Hermitage. They make, hmm, month before last, they made over 400 runs. Oh, my God. That's that's, you, you just, you really.
0: So what are we doing in Hermitage? And I just, bet it might be medical because it might be an older population. Yeah, a
1: lot of that has to do with it. It's, it's an elderly population out there. Uh, but, you know, you always have to be um, in a ready state whatever task you're involved with. I mean, it could be a heart attack. An elderly person that just fell off the bed and needs help getting up or in the shower. Diabetic distress, uh, seizure, car wreck, stroke, pediatric emergency, breathing problems, a fire alarm, or an actual working fire. A lot of different aspects of this job that you have to be ready for.
0: Are firemen prone to having anxiety? It seems like always being on the alert, always being on, ready to go, ready to go. I'm doing this, but I'm ready to just stop it and drop and go. Or... Maybe have trouble getting into a project because you're like, well, I might not be able to finish this or what?
1: Well, you just you just got to know when you come in, if you if you have a project that you're working on, like uh, I wash my car sometimes at the fire hall. I got to understand that that I may get that car halfway washed and I may have to come back and, and, <laughs> and, and wash the dried soap back off of it. Yeah. You know, you just have to be ready to go at all times. That's, yeah, it's kind of the way it works. And there is a lot of anxiety involved with this job. Uh, it attacks all of your senses there's things that i've seen on this job uh
0: what do you mean all of your senses
1: well you know an example would be what you see uh, i've seen dead people i've seen burned people i've seen people that have been decapitated um mm. you know i've smelled death um you've actually tasted it it gets in your taste budge and you can't get it out oh. of. when you lift someone out of a vehicle that's had a traumatic car wreck and you've got them by the thigh uh and you pick them up and it bends like it's the knee because they're just, you know, they're broke up like a crushed cracker. It's, it's something else. And, you know, you've heard things, car wrecks and, Mm -hmm. uh, I've actually heard someone shoot themselves and, you know, that kind of thing. It's, it's, um, and it does create a sense of, I want to forget about this. I want to put this behind me and, and believe it or not, firemen come back to the fire hall and, and, they'll joke about it they're not joking about it in a laughing way they're joking about it to try to erase it from their memory Mm -hmm. and move on to the next thing
0: yeah you have to try and normalize it that's exactly
1: what you're doing Anna you're normalizing it
0: and you said something about the person who shot themselves I think we were talking before and you said that was like when you were still new
1: I had been on about a year I was at engine 11 and um we got called out on a, a gunshot and it was it wasn't eight hundred feet from the fire hall. And we got there and when we got there the man had shot himself uh, under a carport. And when we got there he was laying there and uh, that stayed with me for a while. Yeah. That, that just it's kinda stayed inside my head and I forgot about it, moved on and everything was fine, but things like that you think about a few days.
0: Do you have to have counseling when you're a firefighter?
1: They do. They you don't have to have counseling. But they offer a critical incident stress management. We call it CISM. It's a it's a few firemen, and they do a really really good job of working with you through that. It doesn't have to be um, anything traumatic on the fire scene or a car wreck or a gunshot. It can be a divorce. It can be anything. And these guys are these guys are really good at what they do, and they they can help you. I've never had to do it, but I have friends that have talked to them, and it's a it's a really good thing. It's a really good thing to look into. If you've got something in your head that the bigger racer won't get rid of, if you know what I mean. Yeah.
0: Do you find that firefighters possibly have a higher incidence of divorce?
1: They do. They do. They're like the police department. The police department is the same way.
0: Why is that? I mean, why do you think? We're just.
1: I, I think part of it is the tragedies of the job, and I think some of it is not being at home every night, not being with your family every night. I think that has a little bit to do with it as well.
0: Mm hmm. How do you manage to make that work with your relationship?
1: Well, I've been through a divorce personally. The wife that I have now, which you know you know very well, Tanya, she just she gets it. She gets that an example would be tomorrow. I'm on shift Friday morning when I get off. If I go home and I've gotten up three or four times and I've gotten four hours sleep, mm-hmm. she just tells me you you know, you need to go to bed. Mm-hmm. You need to rest a couple hours so you can function. It's funny when I came on this job twenty eight years ago, I could do that at Engine Three, which is a very busy fire hall, and go all night and go all day. Well, it's it's twenty six years later, and I'm fifty four now, and it's 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 not quite as easy to do. And I do do it a lot. Uh, great grammar there, do do. I do <laughs> I do that a lot. But um, around eleven twelve o'clock, I'll find me a gas station, pick me up a cup, pick me up just a cup of coffee mm-hmm. to get me through the day, so I can get home that evening, and then sleep really really well that night. Yeah that kind of thing
0: yeah so it just depends on if you find somebody who like you said gets it
1: people think a lot of people think and a lot of and I'll give you an example of a friend of man that I used to be in business with he said man all you do is go to that fire hall and watch HBO and take naps all day I, I said I told him this his name's Ricky I said Ricky tell you what I'm gonna do I'm gonna call you every time we're up tonight and uh, we ended up getting up four times that night, four times after midnight. And I called him every time, and he cussed me like a farm animal the next day. Don't you ever call me again and do that to me again. It's just not that easy. You know, yeah. you're not sitting around watching and doing this and that. And with the growth of the city, there's no there's no slow fire halls anymore. Mm-hmm. And there's 39. So let's just say 37 of those fire halls, they run. They actually make runs. And most of the time you're up one to two to four or five times a night yeah and it does make a miserable miserable next day a lot of guys that work at the busier companies mm-hmm. they just they go home and they they sleep the next day
0: oh i would think so that they're
1: not going to a second job they're not doing anything they're going home to rest so they can function that evening and have a good day off to spend with their family that way they're not irritable and on edge now uh, again tanya my wife as you know pretty well she she can see it in my eyes i'll come in she'll say you was up weren't you yeah well i was up all night she's Go upstairs and get you a little cat nap, and I'll wake up in a few minutes. And a lot of times, sometimes I can't because I've got things to do the next day. But uh. if I can, yeah, I'm going to cuddle up in them sheets and, mm-hmm. and drill on that pillow for a couple hours. And then you give me an hour and a half, two hours, I'm good to go the rest of the day.
0: So each time you get up in the middle of the night, that's going to be an hour?
1: It just depends. A couple it, hours, maybe? It could be. If it's, a, uh, if it's a chest pain and we drive two miles from the hall to where the elderly man or woman live, we take their vitals. We check their blood sugar. We do all the things that EMTs are supposed to do. I'm with an ALS company, so I have paramedics that work for me. They'll put them on the monitor and see how their oxygen, in, their oxygen intake is going, mm-hmm. and wait. we'll wait for the ambulance to get there. Once the ambulance gets there, we assist the paramedics on the ambulance with loading the patient. Yeah. And once we load the patient, uh, we're free to go back to the hall, and we'll go back to the hall. It, it could be anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes.
0: If you're just joining us, I'm Anna Marie, and this is Focus, and we're talking with Captain Daryl King. He's a Nashville firefighter. Uh, What about the nonprofits that the firefighters support? Is it all firefighters or?
1: Most firefighters. It's most of them are involved in this, yes. Because
0: it's it's a local union?
1: Yep, it's it's the local 140. It sure is. Okay. So
0: give us some ideas of what you guys are doing. Well,
1: one of them is the MDA. This year alone we raised $133,000 for that. And uh, Tim Holmes, Captain Holmes, mm -hmm. he heads that up. Okay. This year, September 12th, 13th, and 14th, it's the weekend after 9-11. We have Operation Warm. Uh, They provide codes for kids. We have Camp Phoenix or the Tennessee Firefighters Burn Foundation. That's a, a burn camp for children. So this is
0: kids who've been burned or been in fires?
1: Uh, they've been Yes, they have been burned. They've been in fires. That's exactly right.
0: So they get to go and, and just enjoy themselves and just be a kid.
1: They just get to be a kid with firefighters because the best story on that is um, one time a kid was telling one of the guys at the burn camp, they were the, he was in kindergarten, they all held hands, and the other kid wouldn't hold his hand because it was burned. Well, the first thing they did, a fireman got on each side of that kid, grabbed his hand and said, Come on, we're going swimming. You know, it's 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 a mental thing. It's make it's making these kids feel good. Yeah. You know, it's making them feel like they're normal.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, because they are.
1: That's right. That's, that's right.
0: right. So at Camp Phoenix.
1: And we have the Southern Women's Show in Box 55, and then we have several golf tournaments every year that uh, raise money for firemen that have died due to cancer. Or uh, last year, we gave the money to a fireman from Lynchburg, the roof fell in on him. He lost his life. We give uh, from the tournament money, from the golf tournament, we give money to these families.
0: Oh, good. So those are some of the organizations that you're supporting when you support our Nashville Firefighters. When you hear that they're holding a fundraiser, when you hear that they're collecting donations at the Southern Women's Show with a Firefighters Fashion Show, that's one of the reasons you should give very, very generously. That's right. Any final thoughts?
1: Well, there's three things that a fireman, uh, it's just a fact you're going to have to deal with. It's sleep deprivation, Hmm. it's time away from your family, and it's cold food. I do want to know that (laughs) because usually every time you sit down for dinner, you get a call. I don't know why that happens, but it does.
0: What can we do for you guys?
1: Well, I got to tell you, if you want to get to a fireman's heart, food is it. (laughs) You're not going to make a fireman mad by bringing him food. I can promise you that. Anything, particularly sweets, just going to throw that out I'm Particularly, I'm a Kahlua Brownie kind of guy, but (laughs) you do what you got to (laughs) do.
0: Captain Daryl King, a Nashville firefighter. How long have you been a firefighter?
1: 26 years.
0: Would you do it all over again?
1: All over again. I'd start today. I'd start today at 54. I really would. It, it's it's a profession that gets in you and you can't get it out of you it, it's just I absolutely love it. i feel blessed to wake up every morning and go to work i'm working tomorrow i'm ready i'm ready to go i'm ready to make a good day of it and the thing of it is is that you're helping people yeah. you're making a difference yeah even if it's helping that 78 year old lady from the floor back to her bed it's sometimes it's nothing but sometimes a little means a lot
0: yeah thank you for what you do thank you lady We're going to post some information about those nonprofits on our Focus webpage as well. Thanks for joining us this week. Make sure you listen again next week. I'm Anna Marie, and that's Focus.